What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Nearing the end of the first half of Louisville women's basketball's victory over Syracuse last Sunday, Jeff Walls had seen enough, and frankly... I think he'd coached enough as well. Always the demonstrative type roaming the sidelines, the Cardinals coach resigned to allow the team to figure things out themselves. Walls plopped down in his chair at the end of the bench, crossed his right ankle over his left knee, folded his arms, and he just became another spectator in the JMA wireless dome. During his stretch of what we'll call his relaxation phase, Walls watched his team let a double-digit lead slip away during a 19-2 run by the Orange. By the time the damage was done, Walls called a timeout, placed his hands on his hips as he stood up, and glared into the eyes of his players like a disappointed father. In his post-game interview the week prior, Walls didn't mince words. He remarked that he was unsure why he and his staff even spent hours watching tape and giving instruction because his players had resigned to doing things quote-unquote their way. In fact, he said they were doing things the opposite of the way that he had coached him. After the break, the women's team found themselves another gear and went on to win convincingly, but did so in a completely unconventional manner. Walls had pulled three of his players from the starting lineup, and he chose to spend nine straight minutes of the game without his superstar guard, Haley Van Lith. On Sunday, Walls would use some of the same tactics, this time going with the same starting lineup as Syracuse and playing most of the second half without any of his three centers. Instead, he played a lineup of four guards and a freshman forward in Nyla Harris en route to a massive win over number 11 ranked North Carolina. Walls is a coach that came to Louisville and took a program that had been lowly for decades and turned into a national powerhouse. But even the greats have stretches where they simply cannot get through to their players. While we must exercise a great deal of patience as we watch the absolute cluster that has been Louisville basketball in its first season under Kenny Payne, it's these sort of sorts of changes and adjustments that I'm looking for from the cards. 
player improvements, lineup tweaks, defensive adjustments, statistical trends. These can help paint a broader picture for a program limping through the season. But is Kenny Payne pulling all of the right strings, and are the changes enough to warrant a little more good faith from the fan base? Let's jump right into this and more next on the Starting 502 podcast powered by the State of Louisville. Before we take a deep dive into the last few games that were uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly, I do want to make this disclaimer. For those of you who are looking for neg- negativity, who are looking for fire Kenny Payne, who's the next coach going to be, this is unacceptable, blah, blah, blah. No- nobody in the world thinks this, that this is acceptable. Nobody. Kenny Payne doesn't think it's acceptable. The coaching staff doesn't. The players sure as hell don't. Nobody around the program thinks that the way that things are right now is acceptable. Nobody thinks that losing even by three points to Florida State or by one point to Syracuse or by one point to Bellarmine or whatever it might be, nobody thinks that that's acceptable. Nobody thinks that being excited about beating a, a lowly Georgia Tech squad is acceptable. Nobody has ever thought that from the beginning of this season. Nobody thinks it now. However, if you want to talk about that, if you, if, if, if again, if every conversation that centers, centers around Louisville basketball is about firing Kenny Payne, how about it, it's terrible and, and depressing, and, and th- this is not the place for you. If you want to go bang your head against the wall, you are welcome to do that. But here, that will not be taking place. Instead, we want to get into the last few games and, and talk about what Louisville has improved, Louisville needs to work on improving going forward, and, and what we're seeing from the coaching staff, uh, because in my opinion, uh, and, and again, this may be a biased opinion. You might not agree with me. If you don't, like, comment, subscribe. Let us know. Let us know how you feel. But in my opinion, I feel like we're seeing market improvement. I think that there are a lot of things that you can point to from this team that show market improvement since the beginning of the season, even since the beginning of January, even since the beginning of February. I think that there has been improvement across this team, and, and that's kind of what I want to get into today. So since we last spoke, I think two major kind of storylines have, have, have come about. Uh, number one, that's that Louisville uh, has Emmanuel Okorafor joining the lineup, kind of being a part of this rotation. Manny, apparently, as, as we're calling him, Manny Okorafor, uh, is a part of this team, and he's been incredibly impressive. And th- then the second thing, obviously, we, we, we want to go over the last two games because I feel like there's been significant change over the last two games. Yes, it's Florida State, who's having an awful down year, just like Louisville is. Uh, and it's also Georgia Tech, who, uh, for the life of me, can't figure out why Josh Passner is still there. But regardless, Louisville, with a 10-point victory over Georgia Tech, 68-58 to uh, last Wednesday. And then on Saturday, we had Louisville falling just short. I had a chance to, to actually tie it up at the very end, and actually was tied uh, towards the end of the game with Florida State, falling 81-78 to to, I would say, a talented Florida State team, but a Florida State team that, like Louisville, just does not have the pieces to, to really put together a solid, formidable squad. And, and I guess the, the, the first thing to cover, obviously, is, is probably that Georgia Tech win. Louisville outshoots Georgia Tech uh, 46% from, from the field to 30%, a really solid defensive performance, and really felt like a, a maybe the first game uh, since Western Kentucky that Louisville just was in control, and we really felt like they were just going to win the entire game. Georgia Tech kind of cut it close, I believe, cut it to four points and then went on a 6-0 run in the, in the final minute. Uh, they had four out of their last five shots. Like everything that you want to see 
uh, from this Louisville team. You, you really saw them get over the hump as far as mentally. And yes, Georgia Tech is not very good. Yes, they're a poorly assembled team. Yes, they you know the guy the pieces that they brought in were just not ACC quality pieces. The guys that they do have that that are giving 100 percent are young and experienced. So yeah. It, it absolutely behooved Louisville to play a team like Georgia Tech, and they'll, they will get them one more time this season. I really felt like Louisville kind of kind of turned a corner there as, as far as they were able to kind of get over the hump of just finishing off a game. Uh, and it, it did kind of get to a point there towards the end of the game where you know it looked like Louisville was kind of going to run away with it. They let it slip away. They had an inbounds pass where they just passed it right to the opponent. They went in for a layup. Kenny Payne calls a timeout. Uh, Louisville finishes on a 6-0 run. So great to see the cards finish off with a, with a 10-point victory. And, and you know, the other thing that, that Kenny Payne has got into after the Florida State game that I've noticed with, with this crowd, I mean, really, Louisville's home crowd is, is kind of helping will them to some of these victories, you know. They've heard so much negativity. There's been so much negative energy out of the pro- around the program and, and having just excruciating one-point, two-point, four-point losses, three-point losses, whatever, uh, just makes it even worse because you feel like you're right there and you just can't get it done. Or, you know, they're right there at the end and then they let a team go on a 10-0 run to finish the game, something like that. The fact that they were able to finish it off, that was great to see them get over that mental hump. Uh, then you go in on Saturday, and, and Louisville did not put together a good performance at the beginning of each half. Uh, they went down double digits in the first half, kind of fought back, uh, and got it to single digits at halftime, and then allowed Florida State to come out, bump that lead up to 17 at the start of the second half. Louisville again pushed it to single digits, and then Florida State quickly pushed it out uh, to a 15-point lead. Uh, and then Louisville finished the game on a 25-9 to run uh, before Florida State finished it off with, with three free throws. But had the game tied at 74-74, had the game tied at 76-76, to a, a really solid performance on the back of both halves. But again, it, it's something you know, you'd like to see them give that consistent effort the entire game. If Louisville played the way that they did the last 10 minutes of that Florida State game, I, I think that there are some wins uh, st- still in the books for this team. Uh, I know that might sound a bit optimistic. It might sound over like oversimplifying things, but I, I think that the reality is that that Louisville, you're finally starting to see pieces come together, and I think that's the important thing. And yes, there will be fans that they say that they don't care. You know, this is a team that should be twenty and three, not three and twenty. Whatever. When you're looking at a team like this, it is what it is. You have what you have, and and based on what Louisville has, we we know what the expectation should be. Uh, we've kind of, I'm not going to say we've moved the goalpost, but we've altered expectations based on what's in front of us. Yes. Was the offseason depressing? Yes. Do we look back now and say, wow, the staff just absolutely flopped F minus in the offseason? Absolutely. I, I think that the staff would be the first group of people to tell you that, that they just really messed up in the offseason. And ultimately, that's kind of what has led to just such a piss poor performance this season. Absolutely. But once you get into the season, there's nothing you can really do to, to ultimately turn that around, right? There's nothing that you can do to change the construct of the roster. Like, what you have is what you have. And, you know, obviously Louisville did, did something great in bringing in Manny Akorafor. But, again, that's a project player. That's just a guy that you got in to kind of develop for, you know, the, the years to come. Um, so, in reality, when you look at the situation, there's nothing that, that you can do except for just try to improve upon what you have. And based on what Louisville has, I think that we have seen stark improvements uh, just since the start of January. 
last time that we spoke, uh, we talked a lot about L. Ellis and, and the way that he's turned things around as far as on the turnover front. And Zach Greenwell, the new SID uh, for Louisville basketball, the new Kenny Klein, if you will, um, he's kind of been putting out some stats on Twitter that, that, that I love, and it just it pretty much just improves upon and, and, and highlights exactly what we were talking about the last time that we spoke. Uh, so Zach said in the first 14 games of the season, and I you know, cross-checked this as well, in the first 14 games of the season, L. Ellis had 66 turnovers to only 58 assists. And that, that goes back to what we were talking about, I believe, in, in the first 14 games. He only had two or three games where he had more assists than turnovers. That's not what you want in a guy that you're expecting to kind of be your point guard and your leader, right? Uh, since the start of 2023, so again, that was 58 assists to 66 turnovers. So that's less than a, a one to zero ratio, right? Uh, since the start of 2023, which is nine games, LLS is 53 to 29 in assist to turnovers. And that's good for six assists per game. Uh, that that's a massive, massive improvement. This is a guy that's that's still kept up, you know, essentially scoring 20, 22 points a game, and now he's he's upping his his assist and he's lowering his turnovers significantly. Uh, he only has 29 turnovers uh, since the start of 2023. He might not have 66 turnovers for for the rest of the season with only eight games remaining. Uh, the other person that that Zach points out. And another person that that Louisville fans should probably probably be looking towards as a guy that you're seeing stark improvements is Jalen Withers. This is a guy that that we've called out um, consistently on this podcast. Jalen Withers played. It's it felt like almost like he peaked um, when he was playing kind of at that five spot, playing some small ball for Chris Mack during that COVID season. Right, that's when we felt like we had Jalen Withers at his best. But no longer, it feels like he's really kind of forming into the role that. That Kenny Payne needed him to be in, which is more of a of a floor stretching four, right? And that that's what he should be. You know, he's six nine. I would say two hundred and twenty, two hundred thirty pounds. Uh, he's he should be a strong physical presence and a guy who can really handle the ball well and pop out and shoot the ball well. Uh, that's what he was billed as coming out of high school, a guy that can guard all five positions, which I still think that he's a guy who, who is capable of doing that. We haven't seen that as much this season. But regardless on offense, he has really taken a step forward. Uh, just in this past week, 16.5 points per game, 8.5 rebounds, 8 for 12 from three-point range, and 9 for 11 from the free throw line. And in that same nine-game stretch that we talked about with L. Ellis, He's shooting 50%, 20 for 40 from three-point range. Additionally, Zach went on to talk about his three-point shooting by season. He only attempted 21 that first year, and again, that's because he was playing a lot at the five. Uh, He shot 38% from three, but he he was only eight for 21 from three his freshman season. Last year, start drop-off, huge drop-off, 15 for 64 uh, last season. Obviously, we know... Uh, how up and down last season was. Uh, obviously, <laughs> many of us wish that that Louisville would at least have, you know be able to notch 12, 13 wins on, under their belt this season. Regardless, Jalen Weathers took a, a significant drop-off uh, last year, especially behind the arc. This year, though, 33 for 74, which is 45% from the field. Again, we talked about since 2023 began, which is kind of when we kind of saw a turning point when Louisville kind of bottomed out and I would say around that Kentucky game. And we've seen, you know, steady growth since the start of 2023. We see LLS again, 53 assists to 29 turnovers, which is massive for a guy like that. Uh, and and Jalen Withers, again, 50% from beyond the arc. 
but not only that, he's kind of taken over and, and become a better passer, uh, a more, he's become more of a conscientious handler of the ball, which I, I think is such a crucial thing for him because this is a guy that you felt like he was losing confidence because every time he got the ball in his hands, he was trying to do too much. And then ultimately that was turning into, you know, fumbling the ball away or, or making a bad pass, taking a bad shot. Those things have significantly improved on the offensive end. We said we wanted to get into Manny Okorafor and, and briefly just to go over what Okorafor has brought to the table. Uh, obviously, this is an extremely, extremely raw player. And Okorafor, again, the, the new transfer from NBA Africa, kind of came in and, and almost within a week of arriving on campus, found his way onto the court against Notre Dame. And he was an immediate, he was an instant impact guy. Now, uh, in, in his first two games, the first play that he was in, he was on offense and set an illegal screen. Uh, I think he's been called for at least three, maybe four moving screens uh, just sh just since taking over. He's also been called for some stuff, you know, some little ticky-tacky stuff that you just can't get away with in college basketball, uh, like boxing out and kind of hooking a guy or kind of shoving a guy around the, uh, out of the way. And I think a lot of that, too, is when you play with guys who are older and more experienced, they're, they're not going to let you push them around. In college basketball, guys aren't used to getting elbowed in, in, into the, you know, in the ribs or or a, a hand around their waist and pushing them out of the way. Maybe something you would see in the NBA, maybe something you would see in, in FIBA or overseas, but in college basketball, guys are not used to that. They're not as strong. They're going to be able to be pushed out of the way much more easily. And with that in mind, a core four is, is not going to get away with that stuff. So the, the one thing that, that you would like to see from him is, uh, you know, just be more acclimated to, to the college game and, and be able to adjust as far as his physicality. But on the floor, his energy is, is definitely a game changer for Louisville. Uh, so far, he's averaged 12 minutes a game, which is, I think is a great amount of time to be on the floor um, just three games into your collegiate career and only having been on a college campus for, what, three weeks at this point? Uh, so that's that's massive. Uh, shooting five, 500 from the field, obviously limited sample size. Obviously, he's been a beast on the boards as well. He's averaging four points and four rebounds and .7 assists. Uh, made a lot of hustle plays already, you know, diving for balls, jumping out of bounds, skying for rebounds, just making all of the hustle plays that you want to see a guy like that make. His the, the major difference difference that he's made is kind of in the huddle. You know, this entire season, you haven't seen guys, you know, standing shoulder to shoulder, putting their arms around each other, clapping for each other, encouraging each other. When you get down in the dumps, when you see things the way that they, the way that they have been at Louisville, you know, I mean, they've only still only won six games, uh, what, well, I guess five games since Chris, Chris Mack's departure. Uh, when, when, when you see things like that, it's, it's can be disheartening and, and it feels like guys just start to feed off of that negative energy. And a core four is, is really a breath of fresh air. He's kind of come in and I mean, to be quite frank, you know, people gave Kenny Payne crap for saying stuff about how a core four was, you know, players were laughing at him because he was trying so hard in practice. And yeah, that sounds kind of like a toxic culture that's been developed, but also it is pretty damn funny to watch the kid. It's funny just to see a guy uh, just trying as hard as he is because he's kind of like a golden retriever out there. He's just like, follow ball, follow ball, follow ball. Like, you know, he's going to he's gonna find the ball. If he doesn't have the ball, he's going to try to get the ball back. He's going to try to block the ball. Like, it's just, it's hysterical to watch. Once he kind of settles in and he's able to hone that energy a little bit better, I mean, this is a guy, like, and I'm dead serious when I say this, he could absolutely be a starting caliber player uh, in 2023-24. 
Um, I, I think that this is a really great piece that that the staff has found in a guy that's he's raw, but he's he's good enough that he can play significant minutes in college basketball, especially with with a with an off season under his belt. Uh, and it's so crucial that he's going to get significant playing time uh, for the last eight games of the season. I think that's that's a huge huge thing uh, that 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 people are kind of missing out on. I saw a lot of people kind of commenting that. They felt uncomfortable that Louisville was "quote unquote" wasting him on a, on a season where nothing of significant significance was going to come. But look, I mean, this is invaluable experience. He's going to get to play 11, 12 games in in college basketball before he kind of takes over and, and can kind of be a, a major death piece or even a starting caliber guy uh, next season. I, I think that that's huge for Manu Okorafor. I absolutely love what he brings to the table. I think he's hysterical to watch, but in such a entertaining, heartwarming way that he just he's absolutely going balls to the wall whenever he's in the game. I don't care that he's getting fouls. I don't care if he turns it over. I don't care if he bounces off his foot, makes a mistake. Like this is what that's what we want to see out of out of every local player. We want to just see them trying as like I can accept going, you know, whatever it is, three and, and twenty-eight or whatever, as long as they're just they're trying. I can accept that rebuild in the offseason, find guys that are a little bit better and have them try just as hard and you'll be that much better. What we can't accept is is, you know, hanging your head or getting frustrated, arguing with each other, you know, not having any sense of leadership, not feeling like they're developing. We can't accept that stuff. We can accept an Emmanuel Acora for all day, every day, especially in a season like this. Very quickly on true freshman Kamari Lands, a guy that he started against Syracuse, Wake Forest, Clemson, Pitt, and Boston College, and he's kind of been relegated back to a bench role. Uh, but since going back to the bench, Kamari Lanes has really stepped it up for Louisville. Uh, against Notre Dame, he went 3-for-3 three three from the field. Against Georgia Tech, he was 2-for-4. Against Florida State, he was 6-for-10. He, he scored 8, 11, and 15, and that 15 ties a career high uh, that he had against Western Kentucky. This is, let's see now, he has scored in double figures five times on the season against Arkansas, Cincinnati, Western Kentucky, Georgia Tech, and Florida State. And really is kind of coming into his own. I like Kamari Lanes as kind of a sixth or seventh man coming off of the bench. Uh, and, and really, I think what you want to see the most out of Kamari Lanes going forward is him continuing to be aggressive on the boards uh, and, and aggressive in, in, in the passing lanes. Uh, so last few games, he's he's stacked up three steals. Uh, he also grabbed five boards against Georgia Tech, three boards against Florida State. You want to see those numbers continue to improve. We want to see him forcing more turnovers, not turning it over as much. Uh, he's actually been, you know, he's been chastised a little bit. I know he had a, a, a three-turnover game against NC State. Uh, but other than that, really, just the, over the last few games against Pitt, one, against Boston College, one, against Notre Dame, one, um, against Georgia Tech, one, and against Florida State, zero in 22 minutes, which is great. So you got you have a low-turnover guy, a guy who's just – he he's, knows what his role is on this team a little bit better now, and he's starting to kind of come into his own and, and display some serious confidence. I believe he made he, he ended up making five shots in a row from Notre Dame into Georgia Tech. Um, so this is a guy that we were pretty critical of him. I think at one point this season he was 27 for 127 from the field, really coming into his own. Uh, and if he continues to become an aggressor on the boards, continues to be a strong presence on defense, Kenny Payne's going to have no option but to play Kamari Lands. Uh, and then lastly, the guy that that I'm really interested in getting in, into getting into and kind of seeing what his role is for the rest of the season is, is J.J. Trainer. This is a guy in J.J. Trainer who's just not really found a significant role 
um, on, on any team under Chris Mack uh, in, in the interim or now under Kenny Payne. And, and I think just a, J.J. Trainer is just a guy, if he can just have that dog in him just a little bit more uh, and, and play a little bit more consistently, he could be a huge game changer for Louisville. Uh, he was really, really successful uh, against Florida State. But again, he just has to be able to bring it consistently. If, 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 he, if you get the same J.J. Trainer all the time, which I know, as Kenny Payne says, you know, they're, they're, they're not robots. Uh, I totally get that. But by the same token, if you get the same J.J. Trainer a lot more consistently than, than he is right now, um, which I know, again, Kenny Payne has been preaching that as well. But if you could get J.J. Trainer just a little bit more consistent than he is right now, I think he, that could pay huge dividends for this Louisville team uh, down the stretch. Now, looking ahead, Louisville has eight games left this season, and this is really when Louisville gets into the to the meat of its conference schedule, right? Uh, so on Tuesday night, they will face Pittsburgh, a Pittsburgh team that is a fringe 20, top 25 team. They swept the season series against North Carolina. They have a win over Virginia. This is a really, really solid Pittsburgh team, and, and Louisville historically does not have a lot of success going into Pittsburgh and winning there. That'll be a hostile environment and a game that Pittsburgh's absolutely expecting to win. Then Louisville travels to Miami, a team that just absolutely bludgeoned them uh, back in December. So, uh, you know, two tough games, and then you follow that up with Virginia, who's number eight in the country right now. Um, that's a home game, but again, Louisville's had all kinds of fits with Virginia, as, as most teams do. It's not not exclusive to Louisville, but this is a really, really solid Virginia team who they are still really good on defense, but they might be even better on offense this season. And then after that, uh, you stay home to play Clemson. Uh, this is a Clemson team who is still leading the conference. Louisville was solid when they traveled to Clemson, but this is a Clemson team that's going to be trying to win the whole damn thing. Uh, so, a really interesting stretch, and then you know, just obviously, obviously, follow that up by traveling to Duke. You finally get a reprieve when you travel to Georgia Tech on February 25th. Uh, you have Senior Day back home against Virginia Tech, who just beat Virginia, and then you go to Virginia to finish the season. So really, you have three ranked games, and then a game against the team who's leading the conference, a game at Duke, uh, and then a game against a, a, a rising Virginia Tech team. It's not looking promising as far as finding more wins. I think Georgia Tech, obviously, is, is your obvious example of of, of a game that, that Louisville might be able to win going forward. But the Cars still haven't found a road victory yet this season either. So uh, it will be very interesting to see how they finish it out. Just as Louisville, it feels like, is starting to be on the uptick, you know, close to loss to Florida State beat Georgia Tech, decent game against Boston College. There, there have been signs of, of, of improvement over the last few games. It's just now that they're trying to get things together, they're going to play some really quality opponents. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see how, how, the, how Louisville finishes the season. Look, if they, can, if they could get two or three wins out of this, I think that people would feel a little bit more optimistic about the way that things are going. Obviously, you know, nobody wants to brag about a five-win season or anything like that, but when you really break it down, when you really look at how the offseason went, when you look at what the staff had at their disposal, I, I think that we can accept that the, the staff is finally figuring out ways to get to the players. And then let's be honest, I mean, it's probably going to be a complete reset. It's probably going to be you're losing a lot of players and bringing in a completely new a completely new group of players going forward. And that kind of leads into the final thing for, for today, and that's recruiting. And it, it feels like Louisville basketball is finally 
uh, picking things up on the recruiting trail uh, to maybe grab a couple more 2023 guys, but really, really uh, hone in on that 2024 class as well as as trying to to pick from the transfer portal. Now, there has been a lot circulating about Louisville's probably going to get in some transfers immediately after the season's op- over. As soon as that transfer portal opens up, it feels like there's a couple of guys that are big name players that could end up on this team. First guy that we've been hearing some very distant rumblings about is Tyrese Hunter, a guy that, that Louisville was right there on. And, and honestly, I think most Louisville fans and most insiders thought that Louisville was going to grab this season. Now, we all know that Tyrese Hunter ended up transferring from Iowa State to Texas. Uh, but Texas had some serious controversy uh, in December when when their coach Chris Beard ultimately was fired after some a domestic b- dispute. But Tyrese Hunter still playing for Texas and playing pretty well. Ten point three points per game, three rebounds, three assists per game. So uh, you know sixty six assists to forty four turnovers so, so far this season and twenty steals. So a, a guy that could be really solid. Not quite the role. Uh, at Texas that that he had at Iowa State, but there's a good crop of guards is really solid there at, at Texas, so he could immediately come in and have some serious opportunity in Louisville again. Nothing definitive yet on Tyrese Hunter, but there have been some rumblings about you know that Texas team kind of disbanding uh, after the season's over. Tyrese Hunter could be a guy that could come in and be an instant impact guy. The other guy obviously is Sky Clark, uh, and again. There's a lot of murmurings about him potentially ending up at Louisville before he landed Illinois. Uh, he had a really solid start to the season at Illinois and then suddenly abruptly transferred or put his name to the transfer portal. Uh, now, this could be a guy that's already verbally committed to Louisville. I'm not exactly sure, but there, there are much louder rumblings about Sky Clark uh, ultimately ending up in a Louisville uniform next season. Uh, as the season progresses and, and we start to see who the big names are, there will be some mid-major guys that are, that are making some big waves that I, that I think that uh, almost all the, the major coaching staffs in the country are going to be getting in on. Uh, and, and then we'll kind of see that, that drama in the transfer portal where you know there will be guys who are either considering going to a Louisville or a Kentucky or a Duke or a Kansas or a North Carolina uh, or going to the league. So there will be a lot of that out there, and, and hopefully Louisville can shore up some of those guys before uh, all of that drama begins to ensue. Lord knows that there is going to be plenty of playing time available for, for high-level players like that. Finally, let's get into uh, some of these recruiting visits. Now, there, there were some important recruits on campus this weekend, uh, and that starts with rising junior, or I guess current junior, Trenton Flowers, uh, a guy who has Louisville in his top five. He visited this weekend, bumped into him at the KFC Yum Center. This is a guy that considers himself a guard. He'd probably be a two or a three uh, here at Louisville, kind of like in a Mike James type of role. Uh, and he is every bit of 6'8", six, 6'9". Six, and he is a legitimate ball handler, a legitimate shooter of the basketball. Uh, and he is very seriously considering uh, the Louisville Cardinals. And he was visiting alongside 2023 signee Curtis Williams Jr. Now, it's interesting to hear Williams talk about what his role will be with this Louisville team next season. Obviously a guy who has the chance to come in and, and be a starter at the three or the four right away. Uh, and he says that he expects, or Kenny Payne expects him to come in and be a leader right away. 
He said he wants me to come in and th- not think like a freshman. He wants me to come in and think like a second or third year, year player. He wants me to see- be super confident in myself. So if I make a mistake, I bounce right back and keep playing. And then when asked about what his game is and what he's going to bring, he said, I'm very confident in the staff and players to turn this around. We've got a great staff and we're probably going to get some more players. Uh, that that's obviously a big deal that he talks about that he you know there are players that he sees on the horizon that he thinks Louisville's going to land uh, and then he said I will be coming in as a confident person that I am I can miss shots but I'm still going to keep shooting the ball I'm bringing that in with me and looking to spread that with my teammates I also shoot the ball really well got a little bit of a handle and defensively I can guard any position on the court uh, Curtis Williams kind of he strikes me as kind of a uh, similar to a Jalen Withers type, but but a little bit more polished. Uh, he has he has a great deal of athleticism and an excellent wingspan. Uh, this is a guy again. He's kind of more of a, of, of a bullier than than Jalen Withers. I think Jalen Withers kind of shies away from that contact a little bit. This is a guy who's not afraid to go back to the basket, a la like a like a Mike James type of player. You know, he can kind of post up. He can kind of you know shoot the mid range. Uh, excellent from deep, a guy who's going to be excellent on the boards as well. Uh, I think Curtis Williams is a guy who uh, has a has a great deal of talent and and who could be an instant impact guy uh, for Louisville next season. And then obviously local product Caleb Glenn uh, is going to be a guy that's that seriously factors into to what this team looks like next season. Caleb Glenn again, he's. He's listed as a small forward, but this is a guy who I think he can play that two or three position. Uh, and, and again, another guy who isn't afraid to kind of mix it up down low, not afraid to get physical, grab some boards. He's, he's just a super wide body type of guy uh, and kind of just a physical specimen. This is a guy that looks like a, he's looked like a college player uh, since his sophomore year of high school. I think that's a guy who can come in. Uh, and be a legitimate helper right away for Louisville. Uh, and, and again, you know, I, I keep saying this, but, you know, Louisville's kind of stacking up on these these big-bodied, uh, really super tough physical players like a Mike James, like a Curtis Williams, like a Caleb Glenn, Manny Akorafor, so on and so forth. So it'll be interesting to see how Kenny Payne and the staff are building out the roster. And, and I think it'll be interesting to see how many you know, how many pieces that they need to have for next season. So if they started, you know, the, if they started the season right now, they could just slide Williams and Caleb Glenn right in if nobody was was transferring out or nobody was graduating. But uh, obviously Louisville likely to lose LL is likely to lose Sidney Curry. So it'll be interesting to see what Louisville does with its open positions, if there's anybody that transfers out. Uh, I know that there are a few guys on the roster who haven't seen the playing time that they wanted, like a, like a Devin Ree. Is that a guy that's going to stay around? You know, is a Roosevelt Wheeler a guy that's going to stay around? Hersey Miller, uh, these sorts of players. Or is Louisville going to kind of just, you know, have to start over from scratch, which might not be, be for the worst next season. So, But we'll start to get into that as the season progresses. We still have eight games left. Very encouraged by by what we're seeing from this team, but... Ultimately, we want to see them pull out some victories and and really start to build that momentum uh, going into next year. Uh, Until next time, a starting 502 podcast, Press Meyer on Twitter. That's at Press Meyer. Or you can find us on Twitter at Starting 5. That's starting F-I-V-E, then the number zero, the number two. Starting 502 podcast. Let's get out of here. 
Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. $5,000. That's the average amount of money people in the U.S. are now spending on gas in a year. Five grand. That's crazy. If you drive, you have to download Upside, the free app that gives you cash back every time you get gas. That's right. You can earn real cash back with Upside just by buying the gas you're already buying. You can literally start earning cash back today. I use Upside every time I fill up and I've already made around two, three hundred dollars You're putting gas in your car anyway. Why not get real cash back? If you like free money, download Upside. I'm saving the cash I earned from using Upside to help pay for a vacation later this year. Download the free Upside app now to earn cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code GAME to get an extra 25 cents per gallon on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code GAME for a 25 cents per gallon bonus. 